You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. Tonight I want to minister to you on the topic of controlling the outcome of the circumstances in your life tonight. And I'm going to show you something in the Word of God that the kingdom of God that's within us has the power and the authority to not only control your circumstances, but to overcome those circumstances. In other words, maybe you're under pressure right now. The circumstances financially are against you, and you feel like, gosh, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this hole. Or maybe you're having physical problems in your body, and the doctor's giving you a bad report, and those circumstances in connection with your body are threatening your health and, and vitality and all that stuff. And, and what I want you to understand is that the power of God or the how do I say it? The kingdom of God within us has the power to control every circumstance in your life and not just control it, but rid yourself of it. That's a powerful statement. And I'm going to show it to you in the Word of God. And what I preach tonight, you may just be astounded by it, but it's true. And if you get it into your spirit, you're going to start controlling your circumstances rather than your circumstances controlling you where you live uh, and all that kind of stuff. There's so many people controlled by things that they miss the best of God. Amen? So look, if you would, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 5 through 8. This is a wonderful text, one of my favorite. Notice what it says. For he has not put the world to come of which we speak in subjection to angels. Now, make a circle around the word angel. It's in the Greek, that's angelos, but the text comes from the Old Testament, and the Hebrew word is Elohim. In other words, what he's saying is God made man a little lower than himself. But one testified in a certain place saying, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you take care of him? You have made him a little lower than the angels or below you, and have crowned him with glory and honor and set him over the works of your hands. You have put all things, say all things, in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all things in subjection under him, he left nothing, say nothing, that is not put under him. But now we do not yet see all things put under him. And then the next verse talks about what well, we see Jesus. Now here's the question. If all things God planned to be under our feet, then why are not everything under our feet? There's two reasons. Number one, not everyone in, in the world is saved, and you've got to be saved to have the kingdom of God within you. And the other reason is just because you're saved doesn't mean you've developed faith in all the areas in your life where your circumstances are trying to overwhelm you. I mean, you may still be developing faith uh, to get rid of anxiety and worry. And that's why the Bible says that Jesus will not come back until the unity of the faith, until the fullness and the full stature of Christ is manifested within the church. But the plan, this is what I want you to see, God's purpose is when he created man, that everything in creation, not, not each other, well, we don't, I'm not Lord over people, we're not Lord of people, but creation itself is under our feet. And, and that's why when you study the scriptures, 
you begin to see, wait a minute, what is redemption? Why did Jesus come? Jesus came to restore what was lost in the beginning with Adam. God's original purpose for Adam was that he would have dominion. In fact, let me give you four things that is within redemption. Number one, dominion. Number two, fruitfulness and multiplication and replenishment and subduing. Subduing means you bring things under control. That was the original mandate or the purpose of why God created man in the first place. In other words, what God wanted to do is take what was in heaven and bring it to earth through Adam and have heaven on earth through his man, through his family. See, Adam possessed the Holy Spirit in the beginning. And that was the connection that he had between heaven and earth. And it was that connection that gave man the dominion that's in heaven on this earth. But through disobedience, the spirit was removed and Jesus had to be sent to restore us back to that original state. And that's why redemption is so important because it deals with not only Jesus going to the cross and being resurrected, but it deals with the connecting force, the Holy Spirit being given back to man again so that what was in heaven could be manifested on earth. That is the original plan that God has. And God's never changed his plan. He wants you to rule over your circumstances. Say it with me. He wants me to rule over my circumstances. And write this down. This is a very powerful statement. When God first created Adam, he didn't fall from heaven. He fell from dominion. Let me say that again. When God originally created Adam, he didn't fall from heaven. He fell from dominion that God had given him through disobedience. And Jesus came to restore that to us so that we could be fruitful, so that we could multiply, so that we could replenish, in other words, have excess, and so that we would have the ability to subdue those things that are trying to put us in bondage and so forth. That's what Jesus came, and when he gave us the Holy Spirit, we got the connection back with heaven, and now we can see the days of heaven upon earth through the kingdom of God, which is within every one of us that has accepted Christ. We ought to say hallelujah right now. Come on, give God praise, everybody. Now, I want you to write this down because this is very important. God has never changed his purpose. His purpose is for heaven to be manifested on earth through his family here. We're an extension of his heavenly Family, I'm going to give you two verses that support this. Isaiah 51, 3. Isaiah 58, 12. Let me say them again. Isaiah 51, 3. Isaiah 58, 12. Now, Isaiah 51, 3 tells us that God took the desolate cities and he rebuilds them like Eden. Why does he say Eden? Because he wants to restore what was lost in the garden. Eden, the, the Hebrew word for Eden, it means pleasure or delight. In other words, God created a world that we could have pleasure and delight in. Amen? The word in Isaiah 58, 12 doesn't use the word Eden, but it says this. 
that the age of old, that foundation would manifest. In other words, what it was like in the Garden of Eden. And there's like 10, 20 different verses throughout the Bible that talk about this. So God's purpose in creating man that he would put his spirit inside of the man and what was in heaven would become manifested in his creation. And we would have dominion like God has in heaven here. In other words, we could say this. The psalm says this. Heavens belong to God, but the earth has been given to man. In other words, the territory that God the Father operates in is in heaven. But the territory that we operate with dominion is on this earth. Hallelujah. That's in Psalms uh, 115 verse 16 that, that mentioned that. But here's, here's what the, the problem was. When man fell and lost the Holy Spirit... The connection was broken. So man could no longer have dominion and be fruitful and replenish and do what God originally intended him to do. But the problem is the Holy Spirit is holy. And when someone is holy, they can't occupy a vessel that's unholy. And men were unholy. So what Jesus did or what God the Father did is he sent his son into this world. And instead of being birthed by the seed of man, he was birthed by the Holy Spirit because the sin nature is passed on from men. So Jesus was born in a, by a virgin, didn't have that uncleanness in him, and was given the Spirit without measure. And what's so powerful is he not only went to the cross in his blood, which is pure, cleanses from our unholiness, his righteousness was imparted to us so that after the resurrection, God then could put the Holy Spirit within the new creation, the born-again person that believes on Christ. And the connection between heaven and earth is made again by the Holy Spirit. And now we are all set up to rule and reign. Now we're set up to have dominion. Now we're set up to prevail in life. Now we're set up to change the circumstances in our life that try to rule us, our body trying to rule us, our government trying to rule us. And, and, and understand, rulership is great as long as it's not sinful. But when it's sinful, the church needs to rise up against it. Or lack trying to control you. Or sickness trying to control your body. God has given you the authority in Christ to change that. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Holy Spirit, when you believe on Christ, he purifies the vessel that you, you, you are. And you become pure so that you can receive the Holy Spirit in your life. And now you've got this divine connection between heaven and earth. That's why Jesus repeatedly say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, as it is in heaven, I want it to be on earth. That's always been God's purpose. It always will be God's purpose. And God's purpose never, ever changed. Amen. Say Amen. Now, let me show you some more verses to support this. Put up on the screen, Matthew, please. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, or it's already arrived. Now, this is what Jesus preached. He didn't preach the cross. The cross and the resurrection was the means for dominion, but his purpose was to get us to change our mind, 
And it was, it, it, that's the repentance. And it was also, put it back on the screen. I'm still looking at it, please. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So we need to change our mind. And then he preached the kingdom of heaven, which is what? Dominion. To gain back the dominion that was lost. That's what he preached. That's why I went into the sick and healed the sick, because the sick were being controlled by the circumstances of illness within their body. That's why he multiplied the fishes, because lack was controlling the people. He was demonstrating that the restoration of redemption had come through him. Look at the next verse here. Put it on the screen. Now, when it was day, he departed and went into the desert place, and a crowd sought him, and came to him and tried to keep him from leaving them. That is the wrong verse. And that's a bad one to leave, praise God. Amen. We're just going to have to pass this on. But uh, the verse I'm thinking about talks about him preaching the kingdom of God. And it was the purpose of God to do that. Now look at this next verse, Matthew 25, verse 34. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You know what that's saying? It's saying the inheritance you received when you got saved came from the foundation of the world. Because what happened to the foundation of the world? God gave dominion to his man so that heaven could manifest on this earth. Hallelujah. That's my inheritance. My inheritance is to exercise dominion on this earth. It is to, to exercise dominion over my circumstances, over lack, over poverty, over illness, over oppression. That is the mandatory, that is the purpose that God has for, that's the good news of the gospel, is that God's prepared for us a, a, a redemption that puts us back into control and not being controlled by lack, not being controlled by fear, not being controlled by anxiety, not being controlled by addictions, but being controlled or governing your life with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. And everyone that loved him said, amen, amen, praise God. Is that it? Just a little clap? Come on. Now, I know that seems foreign to you, but I want to say something here that's important. When we preach the gospel, we emphasize the cross and the resurrection, which we should, but that was not the main thing the main thing was i want to redeem man back to the way they were before and the cross and the resurrection was the means by which god did to give us back the dominion that he had originally given man praise god all things are under your feet all things sickness and disease poverty and lack all is under your feet but you've got to develop a faith for it. Now, listen, I don't have to be controlled by this economy. I, I've got the kingdom of God within me. I don't need to be controlled by the illnesses in the world that we live in. I have the kingdom of God within me. God, praise God. There's a power in this if you just grasp it. It'll take you out of poverty and bring you into increase. It'll take you out of sickness and bring you into health. It'll, it'll take you out of fear and anxiety and bring you into a place of peace. See, most Christians, they go, well, I got peace in the situation. That's great. But that's only part of it. God wants to rid you from the cause 
of the need for peace. Let me show it to you in scripture. Look it up on the screen. Put it. it says, now when he got into the boat, I love this story, his disciples followed him. And suddenly a great tempest arose in the sea and so that the boat was covered with waves, but he was asleep. Then his disciples came to him and they awoke him saying, Lord, save us. We are perishing. But he said unto them, why are you fearful? You have little faith. And he arose and rebuked the winds and the sea and there was a great calm. So the men marveled saying, who can this be that even the winds and the sea obey him? Wow. Now think about this. Jesus, the says, we're going to go to the other side, get in the boat. They go out there. He falls asleep. Obviously got peace, doesn't he? Yeah. But he didn't just have peace in the storm. He, he didn't just have authority over his fears, but he had authority over the cause of the fear, which was the storm. He was able to stop the storm. Don't just stop with, I got a piece about it. You, I want you to get to the source of your fear, the source of your lack, the source of your addiction, the source of whatever is making your life miserable and realize that you can have peace and joy and love in the midst of that thing and you won't be controlled by those circumstances, but you can go to the little core or the source of that lack in your life. Oh, praise God. And you can calm the sea. Hallelujah. Come to see. I've had people die who had peace. But God wants you to do more than just uh, control how you feel from the circumstances. But he wants you to literally to control the circumstances. Why do you think Jesus did that? Why do you think he calmed the sea? Why do you think he multiplied the bread and the fishes? Why do you think he cured the incurable? Why do you think he did that? He was preaching the kingdom. I'm, I'm going to show you what it's like to have heaven up there, down here, through my faith. And then when I go to the cross, you're going to believe on me and that Holy Spirit that I have will be given to you and you're going to begin to rule and reign like I ruled and reigned here on this earth. Praise God. It's powerful. But that's exactly what God wants us to do. And the problem is nobody preaches this because it just seems too good to be true. And it is in many respects, but if you develop faith in any area, any area in your life, you can control the circumstances in that area. Amen. There's a reason why it says, whatever you ask in my name. It didn't say some of the things you ask in my name. It said, whatever. Obviously, he's talking about things within the will of God. But he put no lid on what you asked for. Why? Because there is no lid. If it's God's will and you develop faith for it, no circumstance can keep it from you. You have power over the lack in your life. You have power over illness in your life. You have power over mental illness in your life. You have power over sickness and disease. You have power not only in demons and demonic spirits. You got a power over those circumstances that are out there to wreck your life. Hallelujah. We got to raise up and say we're going to change this. We are mighty men of faith, mighty women of faith. Let's get in and fight that good fight of faith. Don't play with it. Let's just fight and fight in faith. And once you understand that, you realize, okay, you're under some heavy stuff right now. Financially, maybe marriage problems. Lord, pastor, I'm under this pressure. I'm under this pressure. 
Okay, those are circumstances. What you got to do is develop faith in that area. And the more you develop faith in that area, the more it will, you'll be able to control those circumstances instead of those circumstances controlling you. Have you ever met anybody that on a certain day of the week he gets depressed? Those are circumstances. Maybe something bad happened to him, or maybe there's something that just triggers on Fridays or whatever, or, or Mondays, and he gets all depressed. You can control that. You can control that. You don't have to be sad every time the date comes along that someone that you love died and you go into a depression. You don't have to, every time you're reminded about the business that you fail in, every time someone and you get depressed, you don't have to be controlled by that anymore in your life. You got to develop faith for that, praise God. And I love faith because there's levels of faith. There's faith that you believe that you'll get healed and you get healed. But there's also faith that causes sickness to not even get in the midst of you. Amen. So, I mean, I've known people that never, had, uh, that never had a certain illness in their life. They had it once, never had it again. They just had, their, they developed their faith. Marriage problems, same way. You don't just get married and go, oh, man, you know, I'm going to have same, same kind of problems over again. No, 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 no. Maybe you've been married this a fourth time. You can get it right this time. You could develop faith in this marriage where you never talk about divorce, where you never have anything of a crisis like you did before. If you believe you still can rule. If you believe that's under your feet. It's under your feet. That lack is under your feet. I don't care if it was under grandma's feet or on top of grandma. It's under your feet. I don't care if it was over your parents' head. It's under your feet. I don't care if it was over somebody pressing them it's not over you anymore think about what God said about Israel he said you'll be the head and not the tail I've never yet seen a dog's tail lead a dog I've never seen a dog backing up in his tails leading him as he's walking through a doorway his head always leads God wants you to lead he wants you to lead. When you're the head, you are in control. Your, the economy is not in control. The weather is not in control. The, the, the demons are not in control. You are under control. You have the authority of the kingdom of heaven within you. And God wants to, your redemption to bring out victory that you had in the beginning with Adam. He wants it back with you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. It's powerful. Now, let me, let me show this to you in maybe a practical way. How many are familiar with the verses that cast all your cares upon the Lord? How do you cast all your cares upon the Lord if you don't believe your faith can control the circumstances? Because the very thing that you're worrying about is creating the anxiety. The very thing that you're in fear about is controlling your worry. If you don't believe that your faith in the kingdom of God within you can control that, you'll never be able to cast that care upon the Lord. But once you know that your faith can control that, the economy in your life, it can control the bank that wants you to make payments on your house. Once you know you have authority over all of those things, you can easily cast all your cares upon the Lord. But you can't do it unless you believe that. If you believe whatever 
The president decides, the United States and the government, that's what we're going to be under. If you believe that they are the ultimate control in your life, you'll never get rid of your anxiety. But if you believe this word and believe what Jesus preached, there was no storm that controlled Jesus. There was no lack that controlled Jesus because he was showing us that the kingdom of God is now arrived since I've arrived. Now I'm filled with the Holy Spirit in power. I'm going to die on the cross for you. I'm going to be raised up. See, here's the power of this. Jesus' body is Jesus. His insides is Christ. It's God in Christ. Man, it's powerful. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, whew, you get that connection back with heaven. And the kingdom of heaven can operate through you through the Father. Very powerful. Very powerful. I want you to write this down, and I'm going to wind this down. I've got to go fairly quick here. Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 10. This is a very unique story. This is the story of Peter, James, and John called into the ministry. And it's really powerful. In the story, Jesus had been preaching in the morning. And the people that were fishing the night before were all cleaning their nets on the shore. And Jesus asked Peter if he could preach from his boat. And Peter said, sure, preach from it. And after he finished his sermon, he told Peter, he says, I want you to launch or, or launch the boat out into the deep and let down the nets. Now, keep in mind, he's a preacher or a carpenter before that. And he's telling a fisherman who is a professional fisherman. Peter was a professional fisherman, had many boats that worked for him. He was a professional. Now, what some people don't realize is what Jesus asked him to do went against common sense of his day. Totally once against it. Number one, he said, I want you to go out into the deep. You don't go out in the deep. Let me tell you why you don't go out in the deep. In the Sea of Galilee, during this time particularly, there was no pollution. The sea is crystal clear. So you never find in the scriptures anybody fishing during the day. Because when you throw the net out in the middle of the day, all the fish see the net and they swim away. So they always fish when it's nighttime. Because the fish can't see the net. Jesus is telling them, morning's already broken. He's already preached a sermon, already had church. He said, I want you to go on and let down the nets. And he says, I want you to let down the nets in the deep. That's even worse. The Sea of Galilee is a lake that has many streams that go into it and rivers. And because of that, there's a current that goes around the lake. And the current is just offshore a little ways. And that's where all the fish accumulate, where the, the, the fresh water is going into the thing there and there's a current right in there and that's where they fish so what they do is they they go out in their boats to the other side of the lake and then they come back along the shoreline throwing out their net to catch the fish close to shore not in the deep never in the deep so jesus says, i want you to let down your nets in the deep i want you to go fishing when you're not supposed to go fishing and i want you to fish in the spot you're not supposed to fish and he's a professional fisherman. Think about that. 
And if you look in your Bibles, you'll find another incident where Jesus multiplies the fish and so forth. It's after the resurrection. The disciples went out fishing. They didn't know what to do with their ministry. They were still shook up from the resurrection. And uh, Jesus appears to them on shore, and he says, as they're coming back, understand they're coming back. And he says, throw your net on the right side of the boat. That's the wrong side. They always throw it on the, on the uh, left side, not the right side. And so he tells them to do just the opposite of what would put it by that, that current to catch the fish. And they get a boatload of fish, and Jesus cooks some breakfast that morning. Amen. Praise God. But here's the truth I want you to see. The circumstances didn't control the fruitfulness. The word of God controlled the fruitfulness. It wasn't the circumstances. It, it wasn't the way you've always done it. It was the circumstances or it was the what Jesus said controlled the circumstance. Maybe you've done everything that you know to do and you don't know what else to do. You get in God's word and begin to act on his word and his word will take control over the circumstances. There was no reason for those fish to get in that net. I just see them swimming up. Let me get in there. No, no, I want to go there. No, stop it, Bob. I'm coming too. Yeah, Fred, come on. We're going. They were controlled by God Almighty. God controls the circumstances. Remember the mandate in, in Genesis? You'll have dominion over the fish of the sea. Hallelujah. That's what God wants you to know tonight, that whatever you've done, whatever you're trying to do, praise God, just get into God's word and do what God's word says. It may not make any sense. It may not compute in your head, but it has power over the circumstances in your life. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river, and we're doing life together.